Blog Talk Radio. Back at it again. It's another edition of the NFL Draft Bible Radio Show. Today we have Drop a Gem on them, part two, backed by popular demand. That's right, RIC and the place to be. Your host, Rick Saratella, with you for the next 30 minutes of commercial-free draft talk. And that's just how we do it here at the NFL Draft Bible. So check us out, NFLDraftBible.com. Check us out on Twitter, at NFL Draft Bible. Of course, we have uh, the start of Pro Days this week, and we've been hitting you with the uh, Pro Day Rewind podcast. So check that out, a new channel here on the Blog Talk Radio that is called NFL Pro Day Rewind every day recapping the previous day's pro day nowhere else baby nobody else covers you like the nfl draft bible that's just what we do and to welcome us into part two of drop a gem on them podcast it's the star of the show the nfl draft analyst special guest guru none other than joe w everett on the myfantasyleague.com hotline how we doing today joe Outstanding, Rick. Thanks for having me on. Uh, got gems for days now that it's March. Uh, just stoked up for these pro days. Can't believe we're already here, and I guess they go all the way into April. Can't stop, won't stop. That's how we do it. 54 days away here on this Sunday, March 8th. And, Joe, uh, I can't tell you how much um, positive feedback and how much uh, people loved the podcast last week. So I appreciate you taking some time, hopping on again. And let's dive right into it because I know there was a lot of guys we never got around to last week. So how we'll do it here this week is, you know, same thing. We got about 30 minutes to kill. We'll do 10 minutes offense, 10 minutes defense. And then if we have some time at the end, I'll recap some of the pro days from this past week that kind of stuck out to me. And uh, we'll talk about how it impacts the draft stock. Sound good, my man? Yep, sounds like a plan. All right. So you know what? I think I kicked it off last week, Joe, so why don't you kick it off this week? We did defense first last week. Why don't we go offense first this week, wherever you want to go? I'll I'll go with Garrett Grayson, a guy that's starting to move up the ladder, so to speak, with I think as a result of off-seasons that have been a bit of disappointment by Hundley. Brett Hundley, of course, UCLA, and then also Bryce Petty, not looking that good at the Senior Bowl, whereas I thought Senior Bowl Garrett Grayson was throwing ropes. This guy has mobility. I've seen him play through pain, play through injuries at Colorado State, and I think embracing that whole offensive change, captain of that team, uh, this guy is really moving up to my number three quarterback already. I just I love everything I've seen. Um, the only thing I'm – Skeptical, he just you know didn't run at the pro day. Outside of that, I mean, I'm not overly concerned with his forty time. You just watch those Colorado State games, watch him throw touchdowns to Rashard Higgins, and you say this kid, he's a gamer. So, uh, really fired up to see where Grayson lands because by at this point, I think there's I'm not the only one that has him as the number three quarterback, Rick. Yeah, I think at this point, seeing less of them is actually a bonus because. As you mentioned, everybody else is doing so poor, and we're just we're really trying to fall in love with somebody after Winston and Mariota. There's somebody that we want to believe in who could, you know, develop into a possible starting quarterback. And you know, it's anybody's guess where where or who it could be, and and where that third quarterback will be taken. But it's an interesting case, Joe, and I think you make a lot of good points with Garrett Grayson, uh, six foot two and a half. 220-pound quarterback, and uh, he's going to 
workout, have a private workout here uh, coming up before the NFL draft. And since you went quarterback, I'll go quarterback. Same of almost in the same mold of what you just said, Joe. Uh, you know, because uh, we haven't seen a lot of them lately, uh, he seems like he's more appealing to me now because, you know, maybe he'll show us something that the other guys couldn't. And that's Connor Halliday from Washington State. Um, you know, the guy got invited to the combine, couldn't work out, uh, was, was injured towards the end of last year. But uh, you talk about a guy, one of these guys who had a roller coaster uh, college career up and down. Uh, but, you know, prototypical size, six foot three, 200 pounds, maybe needs to bulk up a little bit more. Um, but another one of these guys who's going to have his, his own individual private workout before the draft. And uh, a lot of eyes are going to be on him just because, like I said, we're just searching. <laughs> going uh, oh, yeah. Every rock uncovered trying to find a quarterback here. Well, you know, Connor Holiday making it through Mike Leach, you got to have some thick skin uh, with that coaching. So that's even more appealing. And I totally agree. The less we've seen of him, now there's even more interest to see when he finally does work out. Is it just system numbers or is this guy a player? But I personally think Halliday's a player. And talking to Vince Maley, boy, he was busted up after Connor, uh, his injury towards the end of the season. He's like, yeah, that really – just deflated our whole offense. So not just a, a a great passer, but clearly a leader on that team. Absolutely. What else you got for us, Joe? Well, the last of the quarterbacks I wanted to get in, Andrew Hendricks, the former Notre Dame passer, uh, really didn't get a lot of run for the Irish. Uh, played last year, Miami of Ohio. And, you know, what he showed, he's just a smart kid. He can get an offense set up. He can go through his reading progressions. He's got decent footwork. A lot of the basics are already there for Andrew Hendricks. It's just, you know, a lot more work still needs to be done on the, the cerebral aspect, what playbook he gets into. But I think there's some good things to work with with a kid like Hendricks and obviously priority free agent. But that's one of those guys, he's just got the feeling, you know, um, left for dead in college football, so to speak. I think he could find a home uh, at an NFL franchise. Yeah, much like the guy we talked about uh, last week, Brian Bennett, who transferred from Oregon. Here's a kid, you know, highly recruited coming out of high school. Uh, scouts really liked what they saw from him during the week of the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. And, you know, I know if you watch the game, uh, no quarterbacks during the game actually flashed. But, you know, it is difficult to do to come in and, and uh, you know, have two or three days of walkthrough practices, install an offense, and then work with a bunch of wide receivers that you have no – timing or practice with at all so if you don't judge him based on the nflpa collegiate game and actually judge him on his practice i think that uh you know there's definitely a couple of nfl teams that would be willing to take a flyer on a kid like this and, and develop him uh maybe redshirt him and throw him on the practice squad for a year or two um because like you said he does show all the tools a smart headsy guy and I'll give you one more quarterback, Joe, to wrap up quarterbacks because I don't think we have any more quarterbacks after this. But uh, we are trying. And uh, one kid I'm interested in seeing, I'm going to see him up close and personally. Actually, he's flying in uh, later on today. Northwestern quarterback Trevor Simeon. And he's uh, actually getting together with the Parabolic Performance Team. Uh, he's coming off a shoulder injury. So uh, not only is he going to be rehabbing, but he's also going to be uh, preparing for his individual pro day workout, which I believe is March the 17th. Um, Abraham Campbell will also be working out uh, that day as well. 
But uh, another one of these quarterbacks, smart, has the size, and uh, definitely under the radar in terms of the NFL internet media. But I think if you talk to NFL teams, uh, Trevor Simeon from Northwestern, the quarterback, squarely on the NFL radar. Yeah, and that's a guy that has some wheels, too, to get outside of the pocket and create. So uh, that's someone needs to have, like you say, a strong pro day. I'd be interested to see what you hear from and see what his workouts. Yeah, so, uh, all right, we did quarterbacks. Joe, what do we got over at the uh, skill positions here? Well, uh, some recent pro day info on one of the guys I wanted to talk about today, the Akeem Hunt, the Purdue back, um, you know, really good times out of the Purdue backs. Uh, uh, Mostert and Akeem Hunt, what, one of four, three, eight, four, three, two by Mostert. But focusing on Hunt, this guy is uh, not just a third down back. I realize he led the team receiving 48 catches, but obviously, you know, he runs fast. He got to the pro day and caught the ball well. No big surprise. But I really like the way this guy's filled out, and I think 4-3-8 is a terrific time for a kid that squatty and round bill. I'm really excited to see where he fits because that that's a guy I think hits the ground running. He could help immediately. No, he's not a one and two down back between the tackles, but it's a satellite player who is going to come cheap for NFL teams. I think with a time like that and the uh, vertical leap they put in, it's like a 37 or 38 plus, that's that's going to get him on the map. And uh, I think no longer just a priority free agent, Akeem Hunt from Purdue is uh, going to fit in that last day of the draft. No doubt about it. I mean, uh, here's one of the players who helped his draft stock tremendously during the pro day. And, you know, I laugh, I scoff at those who say their their big board doesn't uh, move after the combine because, you know, here's a kid uh, out of sight, out of mind, wasn't in Indianapolis, uh, kind of a local kid, was snubbed. Uh, we saw him down at the Medal of Honor Bowl, one of, one of the newer games. So, again, not a high-profile all-star game. Uh, but you mentioned it, Joe, a, a kid who actually possesses the skill set to play all three downs if need be, despite the size. And, uh, you know, he's actually going to work out for the Carolina Panthers. There's heads out there. Uh, keep a lookout for that because, um, you know, just to recap his pro day, it was outstanding. Five foot nine and three quarters, 189 pounds, ran a four four zero and a four three six. Had a 39-inch vertical or 37-inch vertical, having trouble reading my handwriting. A 10-2 broad jump, 4-11 short su- shuttles, 6-7-1 three-cone, Joe, and 14 bench press reps, so uh, showing the strength as well. Yeah, that kid, I think he can do it all, and that's just one of those backs. It's uh, another shocker, but we talked about it last week. There's going to be almost 100 people from this draft class that will be taken that didn't show up in Indianapolis and um, this boy certainly smells like this is one yeah and uh you know I'll give you another running back since we're talking about running backs uh let's see I have one that wasn't Indy that wasn't an Indy let's go with uh, a guy that wasn't Indy since you talked about his quarterback to start off the show uh I'll go running back on you D Hart uh Colorado uh, State running back and a guy that's, you know, kind of bounced around a little bit, started off at Alabama, was here, was there, settled down at uh, Colorado State. And, uh, you know, he actually played in the uh, college gridiron showcase. It's hard to keep up with all these games popping up. 
Um, and, you know, <laughs> another one of these guys kind of lost in the shuffle, definitely going to have some, some questions to answer uh, as he did during the combine interviews. But I, I think a guy here who could get a lot of uh, private workouts and individual visits as, as teams continue to poke and prod because um, there are a lot of these guys that just aren't going to fit into the seven rounds. And I think that's part of the reason why to go back to why running backs are being devaluated so much because you can find guys that don't even get drafted and, and plug them in and start or, or throw them into a, a committee type of uh, situation, one that uh, D. Hart, I believe, could strive in. He has the skill set. The big concern there, of course, is the four eight forty that he, he turned in. I don't know if that's just injury or uh, poor circumstance, but a lot to like about the kid. Graduated early, goes over to Colorado State and embraces McElwain's offense. So uh, you, you know he's coachable. You know he's teachable. Um, I think the biggest reason, too, leaving Alabama, they tried to switch him to a cornerback. So uh, sticking at running backs clearly the best choice for him. It's it obviously was a great decision to go out to state. It's just this is another guy I think uh, definitely could use some better times than what he's got. But NFL back clearly uh, one guy you know just watch a couple carries. It, it's it's definitely there's a reason he's out there. Yeah. All right, Joe. A uh, few more minutes to go left on offense. Why don't you uh, hit us with any other running backs or wide receivers that you got for us? Well, a couple of wideouts that get got to get off my chest. Uh, Trey McBride, William and Mary. This kid is blowing up. If you hear that whistle in the background, it's the tea kettle because he is hot. Uh, he's a hands catcher. He's got the after the catch ability. He can run away from a defense. Um, just effortless feet. The routes is just pretty. Watching him ball, uh, just nice, easy, is the word uh, best describing his play. And this is a guy that's developed. I think at top one hundred. Uh, at this point, um, he's borderline in my top ten wide receivers. The more and more I watch him play, the more and more I like him. So, yeah, uh, Trey McBride, uh, uh, I don't know how much of a sleeper is as people are really starting to notice. And, uh, you know, we're going to get into these pro days, Rick, but DeAndre Carter, Sacramento State, blew it up mm-hmm. his pro day. And, unfortunately for him, he got uh, injured on the first play of the NFLPA game. He uh, took a very opening kickoff return, got dinged, and that was all she wrote. So we didn't get to see him perform in the game. But by all reports, he just killed it at practice. Uh, another guy just so quick in and out of his breaks. And uh, the two results of his uh, pro day that scream out to me is the 4-4-40 and then also the 38-and-a-half vertical leap. The, the guy is just a born natural slot receiver. He can kick returns, so there's a lot to like with DeAndre Carter. Um, I, I think, you know, day three for certain is just really, thankfully, he turned in some nice test numbers. And then my last wide receiver, I'm wide receiver crazy, Rick. Desmond Lewis, Central Arkansas, <laughs> talked to him at the Senior Bowl. Love him. He's got nice numbers, great measurables, and all week long just balling as far as, you know, some of those uh, small school guys that could say they really did it up that week. Boy, Desmond Lewis uh, just looked terrific. Yeah, I'm glad you touched based on uh, some of the small school guys and uh, Trey McBride, especially from William & Mary, uh, as you mentioned, moving up rapidly. Uh, towards the draft uh, as the draft approaches and DeAndre Carter you know you mentioned the burst and the quickness change of direction I'll throw two more other times from his from his uh, pro day workout 403 in the short shuttle 
665 in the three cone. Also very impressive is the broad jump, 10-6. So you talk about a pure athlete, uh, DeAndre Carter from Sacramento State. And uh, before I touch base on my last uh, receiver, I do want to just recap a couple running backs. I haven't been able to sneak in here. They just keep, you know, slipping, you know, slipping off. But two guys I do want to recognize, um, some somebody we talked about in Indy, Joe, real quick, Terrence McGee from LSU, uh, running back that's probably uh, a late-round guy at this point, but a guy that you know what you're getting, almost like uh, the kid that came out of LSU last year, Alfred Blue. You know what you're getting. You're getting a rotational kind of back who could keep it between the tackles, run straight forward. And another guy uh, in, in the um, – Memorance of Christian Okoye, we got to go with uh, Terrell Watson from Azusa. Uh, the Azusa running back uh, didn't get a combine invite, was uh, MVP of the NFLPA game, I believe. So two running backs I wanted to touch on. And I do have one tight end for you before I get to my receiver. McCoyle Pruitt <clears throat> from Southern Illinois. Uh, here's a tight end that, um, you know, really – from his pro day workout and his combine performance is going to make you go back and look at the film. And I'm not sure if he's an H back, he's a full back, but he, he's a, he's an athlete. Another guy that's an athlete, uh, four, five, eight, 40, 38 inch vert. And, uh, he comes in at six foot two, 250 pounds. So just another guy that's a weapon. And I actually had his teammate on earlier this week, Tanner Crum, uh, the center, the Saluki center, uh, also performed at the Northwestern Pro Day. And then, you know, Joe, it's been kind of, uh, you know, the week of bowl game recaps. I've been going back, watching a lot of the uh, bowl games again. And, you know, my my favorite hit, I think, of the bowl game came from uh, wide receiver Tony Lippett. Uh, Michigan State, love this kid. And, again, not sure how much of a sleeper he is, but it's like every week I find a new receiver to have a man crush on. And this week it's Tony Lippett, uh, a guy that reminds me of Troy Brown, his ability to play wide receiver and then, you know, switching to corner late in the season for the Spartans, also returns kicks, uh, and has all the size and speed and measurables you can ask for. So I think Tony Lippett is a guy, I'm guessing he goes somewhere in the fourth or fifth round, and I envision him as a starter at the next level. Yeah, he fits in the third day. And just like you say, playing that DB like that, number one, you know he's coachable. You know he's willing to go out there and hit somebody. So he'll take to what the staff says and also comes from more of a pro-style system. There's a lot to like about Lippitt. And just to touch on my cool Pruitt, this guy just dropped some jaws in Indianapolis. A four-five-eight forty from yeah. a two hundred fifty-pound guy is just something else. And you know he may only be six-two, but this is another guy, thirty-three and a half-inch arms. So I mean, jump ball, mm-hmm. that my ball mentality thing is just naturally going to be there for him. So yeah, Pruitt is a mover. He's he's going up that board fast. Yeah, maybe a guy that could uh, you know be be a Charles Clay type of guy coming out as a fullback. Maybe he winds up as a tight end, the H back, but uh, definitely uh, a weapon, a guy that you just want to get on the field. Uh, before we transition over to defense, Joe, you got any big uglies, some offensive linemen you want to touch on? Well, um, just want to get one more running back out of the way, Prince Tyson Gully. Real fast. Uh, just, okay. It reminds me of so much of Amon Bradshaw. It's not even funny. 
This thing never gives up. Uh, scrappy do over there. Um, receiving ability will factor in on third downs. I'm maybe not the fastest guy out there, but just love watching him play football. That's just a goes without saying. A big fan of Prince Tyson Gully. And then um, Trent Brown, as far as the big ugly that I got to see in Indianapolis again, ran into him at the Senior Bowl. He's six foot eight and a half, so it's hard to miss this guy. Just a monster. He uh, basically won the weigh-in at the Senior Bowl, and I thought acquitted himself well in practice. This guy's just another massive man, 36-inch arms. Uh, another one of those Florida offensive linemen in the draft. He won't be the first Gator lineman taken, certainly, but that's a guy. I mean, I think day one, plug him in. I mean, it's just hard to move around a guy like that, and that's one of those theories where they just they don't make them like that every every day. So, yeah, I think Trent Brown clearly going to find himself a home. Yeah, intriguing to say the least. Uh, I, I do share some concern about the length of it and the height. I just – I don't know. It makes me a little nervous, Joe, just coming from the side. Somebody just takes his knee out. It's not not a guy. I mean, he's definitely a player, um, but the size, just from the injury standpoint, I probably wouldn't take him uh, higher than the, the fifth round, but uh, definitely a good value for the mid to late rounds. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm always a little skeptical of those taller tree, tree trunk fellas, but, uh, <laughs> you know, definitely an interesting, intriguing prospect. Um, a couple guys I'll touch on, then we'll get to defense. I just wanted to give a shout-out to Daniel Gambrell from Notre Dame College, Uh, another one of these college gridiron showcase guys that I liked, Uh, not getting a lot of love, didn't get a combine invite, and uh, somebody, you know, I think that could possibly sneak into the later rounds, Uh, and a guy that I think is a developmental starter down the road and one last guy just for all my Kansas City Chiefs fans with the Mississippi State Pro Day out there you might have missed this with all the attention being paid to the other guys but Dylan Day went through an extensive workout with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, scout or coach that was in attendance the other day might have lost Rick there Well, go on with the defensive players, I expect. Um, hey, defensive tackles, why not? Derek Lott, Tennessee Chattanooga. This was a highly touted kid, started off at Georgia. Honestly, hadn't seen much of his game until I watched East-West Shrine game, but he dominated. Love his hand usage. High motor, great measurables. Uh, once again, you know, Georgia Bulldog, the alma mater of Terrell Owens there, Tennessee Chattanooga, big fan of him, and, and another defensive tackle, Justin Hamilton, Louisiana Lafayette. No combine invite, but this is a guy he's going to flash once he gets on the tape. Juice Hamilton, raging Cajuns. Nothing wrong with him. So, yeah, that's a de- another defensive tackle I'd like to look at. Uh, I was pretty sure we're going to transition to DLs, uh, linebackers, and the sort. Um, another defensive end that I was on my combine snubs list, Brock Hecking, the most devastating mullet in college football. That's another name to watch out. Not sure why he wasn't in Indy. But, hey, now. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, Joe. Sorry about that, everybody. Yeah, you dropped off a uh, little technology issues, I guess, here. Didn't mean to cut you off with the uh, Mohawk boy, though. <laughs> hey, Brock Hecking, man. He gets <laughs> into the backfield, and when he does it, he looks good doing it. <laughs> he looks good and he knows it, baby. <laughs> all right. I apologize all for the uh, technical difficulties there, but we were in need of a reset anyway because uh, good uh, good friend Joe Everett was transitioning into defense. But just a quick reminder here, you are tuned in to the NFL Draft Bible radio podcast. Drop a gem on him, part two. If you missed part one, aired last week. This is part two, back by popular demand. We just recapped the offense, digging into defense. If you're listening live, it says there's five minutes left to air, but we cheat the system, baby. We know Blog Talk Radio is going to let us roll about 10 minutes over, and if we do get cut off, it will be recorded on the archives. So please do check back. I apologize for this broadcast interruption. We like to be commercial-free, baby. All right, back to defense. Uh, I know you just did, Brock. Uh, I'll give you a guy, Joe. Uh, that we haven't talked about quickly here, just to get them off my chest, and uh, got to show the Ivy League some love. Harvard defensive end Zach Hodges. I know, you know, we're not on, we're not as high on him as we were uh, as uh, Capuano coming out of Princeton. Uh, there's been a couple of players to come out of the Ivy Leagues the last couple years, and uh, none of them really made a big impact at the next level. But I'm hoping. Uh, that Zach Hodges is the guy that bucks that trend and reverses it. So uh, defensive lineman, that's what I got for you, Zach Hodges from Harvard. Yeah, that's the guy that toughed it out during the senior bowl too. Had an injury but still played through it and put in some good numbers at the combine. So uh, that's plugging away. Excited to see where Hodges ends up and stick it in my senior bowl area. I don't know. Is he a defensive lineman? Is he a linebacker? Linden Trail, Norfolk State. We've talked about him before, Rick. The, I mean, just oh, yeah. so much upside. Maybe as much upside as any player in this draft, the former Gator, uh, just so long. And he's got experience as a stand-up backer. He has experience in coverage. He also can blitz. Um, I think the biggest question is, what is he? Where are we going to use him? Most people think it's just defensive end because of how big he is. But I think that's a misnomer. I think stand-up edge rusher is going to be his home because he does back up and backpedal well. Uh, I think he sees the field well. And talking to him, his favorite player in the world, Ed Reed, modeled his game after him. I said, well, how does that work? And then he's like, trust me, just watch my game. It works. And um, I think that's the guy, you know, these Baltimore Raven teams, New England Patriot teams that don't have an identifiable front. They want to confuse and they want that versatility. Uh, Lyndon Trail is going to be a player that has even more value to a team like that. Yeah, and I agree. I think he's an outside uh, pass pass rushing linebacker. And uh, this is one of those guys, you know, I love that he took snaps at tight end at the senior bowl. No one could guard him. But this is one of those guys next year, Joe, when they do those uh, remock drafts and they say, oh, where should where should they have gone? He He's going to be one of those guys when, when they do the remock draft next year. That's, you know, in the first round. You know, this guy should have went in the first round. And I, I would feel – very confident selecting Lyndon Trail in the second round. Heck, if I was in the back end of the first round, I'd, I'd feel plenty confident selecting Lyndon Trail. So definitely a guy uh, that I like a lot. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of linebackers here on my end. Uh, one big-time school, one small-time school. We got, uh, you know, Penn State linebacker U, 
just the hits just keep on coming. And I think Mike Hull is another one of these guys that people are sleeping on. Maybe a little uh, white linebacker bias, but, you know, the kid just moves so well <laughs> laterally, sideline to sideline, tackling machine. And another one uh, down in Texas State, kid by the name of David Mayo. David Mayo, another one of these uh, tackling machines to keep an eye on. Uh, Hull, I believe, gets drafted in the probably later rounds. Mayo, probably an undrafted free agent. But both guys that I believe can start on Sundays in the NFL. That and that Hull is just, you know, coached so well. You talk about the pedigree and just talking to him, really good, solid kid, loves a defensive coordinator, thinks he's a genius. Um, I could have talked football with him for just hours on end. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing Mike Hull play on Sunday, no doubt about it. And then I know I'm senior bowl bias, Rick, but Martrell Spate, uh, from Arkansas, uh, you know, Juco kid, mm-hmm. took the Coffeeville Community College route, but less than ideal height. He's just a heady, savvy ball player. He just makes plays. Uh, down to earth, solid team first guy. He's going to be a later rounds linebacker because he didn't test so well, but he's just going to stick on the roster. Intangibles through the roof, great football intelligence. So, uh, Marcho Spate, just a uh, football player, stamp him, sign, seal, delivered. And then um, one other guy, uh, Damian Wilson, Minnesota, cousin of David Collins. Oh, yeah. Uh, ideal fit of weak mm-hmm. side linebacker, I think. Uh, another guy, limited height, but he tested much better than I gave him credit for and moved really well in those drills. The guy, another leader on the field for Minnesota, a 37-inch vertical. I think Damian Wilson is one of those linebackers making some hay through this draft process. And while I think I had PFA for him coming in, Rick, now I'm thinking he's he's getting drafted. Yeah, you know, it's funny because everybody was on hand to watch Max Williams and, and uh, David Cobb didn't work out. But, you know, it was Damian Wilson who stole the show at the, the Gophers Pro Day. And, again, uh, another one of those guys who earned him some money on the Pro Day circuit. So, uh uh, the other kid you mentioned too, Martel Spate. I mean, you mentioned the the, the slow time and at the combine, but <clears throat> I think he maybe alleviated uh, some of those concerns with the four seven three forty at the pro day, following up that four eight eight disappointing time at Indy. So uh, definitely some gems to keep an eye on, and I'm going to drop a gem on him. Uh, moving over to uh, defensive backs. You got any other linebackers, Joe? No, I'm tapped out on backers. Uh, well, like I said, Lyndon Trail, if he still qualifies as a backer or D-end or tight end. <laughs> okay. No, I just wanted to check because uh, I'm going to move on to defensive backs now. And um, I like me some Dijon Mustard, but I also like me some Dijon Smith, uh, Florida Atlantic. Uh, here's a guy at the beginning of the season that I thought was, uh, you know, an early round guy. And Maybe he still is, but tell me if I'm wrong, Joe. It seems like the the draft season has kind of bumped him down on the radar and kind of uh, maybe out of the top ten cornerbacks. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is what is so crazy with it. He's just roughly outside of my top ten right now. I just had to effort my rankings, which doesn't make sense. I mean, he's he's another guy, I think, who's checking all the boxes. The only alarming thing, maybe small hands, a little bit of short arms, not ideal height, but 
he can play. I mean, there's no question he sticks to his man like glue. So uh, that's a guy I don't know. Is it pressure from other players and other players having a better offseason, so to speak? I, I, I don't know. It's uh, tough to understand. But, yeah, clearly behind the Alex Carters and Kevin Johnson, P.J. Williams of the world, but not far behind when you boil it down. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to sneak one other guy in on you. Uh, DeShazer Everett from Texas A&M. You know, the NFL told him no combine. Uh, he said no problem. Uh, he came out on the pro day at Texas A&M in front of 28 NFL teams the other day, measured 5'11", 188, ran a 4'4", 940 with a 4'2", shuttle, 6'7", 8", and a 3-cone, 11'3", in the 60, 38-inch vert, and a 10-foot-10 broad jump. I mean, I think Indianapolis definitely missed it on this kid. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes as high as the fourth round. He's actually going to meet with uh, the Buccaneers, Dolphins, Bears, 49ers, Panthers, and Texans. So a lot of interest in DeShazer Everett, Texas A&M been a starter for a while for the Aggies. That's another combine invite, a little bit of a shocker. And But it, he is a runner. That, that's a guy who just runs so well, plays coverage well. It's just run supports. My biggest question with Everett is he a tackler. And for those listening, no, he is no relation of mine. Uh, we tackle in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, he's with that workout number, though, like you say, it's going to draw interesting teams get those workouts scheduled and probably get him into day three. I think and he belongs there. Um, definitely a cornerback out on the map. Uh, I got a couple of safeties want to bring to the table. And uh, Brian Sweet, Utah State, um, uh, another guy, recent pro day that I think should ring alarm bells. I already had him in my top ten of safeties before this, but I don't think people were giving Brian Sweet a lot of credit. And, folks, if you go to NFL.com, it's not Ryan Sweet. Trust me, it's Brian. I've asked his mom. Uh, 4-4-7-40, <laughs> vertical inch, a 10-2 broad jump. And this guy is a tattoo artist without the ink. I mean, he leaves a mark when he hits somebody. So I'm just uh, <laughs> clearly a strong safety just outside of the box. But that's a guy not only a really good player, I'm just shocked. He tested so well. And then um, my other safety uh, that just had to get out here, uh, Cedric Thompson, Minnesota. Uh, Cedric Thompson, Jr. Yes. Thought he played uh, pretty well in the NFLPA game. Had a nice outing at the Combine, but another guy at this Minnesota Pro Day uh, thought he backed it up really well. Uh, 240s, a 450, a 448, but also a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical leap. Uh, Cedric Thompson, Jr., that's another guy um, – not one of the top safeties, but after those, I'd say, top ten guys are off the board, his name's going to start surfacing, and I think he's a lock for day three. Yeah, you know, the Gophers football program is a team on the rise, and every year they get better and better. Their recruiting classes get better and better. And here's a kid, you know, uh, second in the team uh, in tackles, 83 tackles this past year, so you definitely like to see that, and uh, yeah, I think you said it. He he probably positioned himself with a, a late late round draft grade uh, after his pro day performance. And there's another kid there, the, the Bodicelli kid uh, out of Minnesota too, maybe a potential late round uh, draft grade. So the last guy I'm going to hit you with, Joe, <clears throat> digging deep in the crates here. And uh, if you have a chance today, if you have time, uh, it's about eight minutes worth of film on this kid on YouTube and uh 
you know, I was pointed out, <clears throat> somebody uh, pointed him out to me uh, about a week ago. And when I watched this film, I was thoroughly impressed. Really like what he brings to the table. Uh, uh, Rob Ryan down in uh, over in Indianapolis was, was aware of him. And that's uh, Strong Safety. Brandon, and it's actually spelt person, P-E-R-S-O-N, but Brandon Pearson, uh, about six foot two, 235, in the box, strong safety. The kid's a natural athlete, fluid hips, can lay the lumber, and uh, just a small school kid that I really hope uh, gets a big-time look. And uh, like I said, do yourself a favor, Joe. You'll have fun. Grab some popcorn and uh, Google or YouTube uh, Brandon Pearson out of Tiffin College. Tiffin College, spelled person, right? <laughs> spelled person, yes, sir. Uh, all right, so I think that pretty much does the uh, wrap-up. I mean, you got any other guys, Joe, or are you good? Uh, I think I'm good other than the quarterbacks that were at the Combine that aren't going to play quarterbacks since we're talking about DBs. I thought Nick Marshall doing some workouts at DBs yeah. has looked pretty good for a quarterback transition. That's a guy... He's athletic enough to play. He's long enough to play. See if he picks it up. I'm, I'm proud of him just for embracing the change. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought him up because I, I thought uh, the same exact thing exactly, Joe. And you see the the progress he's made in such a small amount of time, it shows me that there's something here. There, there's something to work with. And, uh, you know, if Denard Robinson could switch positions and get drafted relatively high, I think uh, Miller could – could probably go maybe a little bit later and a guy that maybe he doesn't see the field a whole heck of a lot the first year, but uh, long-term, I mean, I think you got yourself a player. Um, you know, we went a little here. You know, unfortunately, we're not going to get to dive into some of the pro day results that, like, I wanted to, but uh, you know what? Maybe we'll uh, come back next week and, and do another show. I'll check with you, Joe, during the week, see what your availability is like, and we'll try to hop on and do another podcast as we count you down to the 2015 NFL Draft just 54 days away. Uh, we do have a time for a Twitter question, though, Joe. Um, coming in from T.Y. Brennan 60. Thanks for the shout-out. Uh, how much room do the Texans have left, and do you see a more uh, do you see a move to maybe get Torrey Smith? Thank you. Uh, I guess he's talking about cap room, which uh, at this point in time, I'm not really too familiar with what the Houston Texans salary cap situation is looking like right now. Uh, will they go out and get a Tory Smith? You know, it's early to tell. Uh, I know Andre Johnson is looking like a eventual divorce there in Houston. I think this is the year New Hopkins kind of takes charge as the number one receiver there. So. Um, is there a potential that they go out and get another wide receiver like Torrey Smith? I think they get another receiver, Joe, but I'm not sure Torrey Smith is the guy. He's he's kind of a similar, you know, stretch the field type of wideout, kind of along the lines of a, a DeAndre Hopkins, no? Exactly what I was thinking. It seems like those two uh, cut from the same cloth. And uh, same with you, Rick. I'm not 
exactly sure on their salary cap number. All I do know is they got to be right on it if they're cutting ties with a guy like Andre Johnson for the Patriots or the Ravens of the world to just stomp on and say, oh, well, here's our open door. Come on in, Andre Johnson. So, I, yeah, I don't think they could afford Torrey Smith. And just like you said, it seems like they already have a very similar player and a younger version at that. Yeah, I don't want to be surprised. Throw the Seahawks in the mix, too. They need a, a guy like Andre yeah. Johnson yeah. to slide right in there. <laughs> but, uh, hey, man, it's been fun. That, that was the fastest 40 minutes in uh, blog talk radio history <laughs> right there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, I guess that's the – I hate to go. Uh, we, we used to do two, three-hour shows, um, but blog talk radio not as friendly to us as they – have been in the past, but uh, before we let you go, Joe, the floor is yours. Any last thoughts, shout-outs, and uh, goodbyes? Oh, just uh, keep it locked in on the Twitter. You can get me on Twitter at Joe W. Everett uh, out there, and got some articles forthcoming just uh, this week. Got a, a, just a little busier than uh, originally planned, so other than that, yeah, we're going to be following those pro days, so keep it locked into the Bible. All right, and, uh, you know, like I said, we are recapping the Pro Days day in, day out over on the NFL Pro Day Rewind channel here on Block Talk Radio. So if you type in NFL Pro Day Rewind or Pro Day Rewind, uh, the channel should pop right up. And as a matter of fact, once we finish up with this podcast, I'll be broadcasting over there in about 10 minutes or so. So if you want to get uh, – the recaps from uh, Friday, Saturdays, uh, Pro Days. I'll have that for you over on the Pro Day Rewind. Otherwise, follow us on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. Always appreciate the support there. And of course, uh, NFLDraftBible.com for all the goodness leading you up to the 2015 NFL Draft, just 54 days away and counting. Till the next time, everybody. <laughs>